Hello and welcome to the Appointment Podcast. I'm your host Nadia and this is your late night, early morning appointment with yourself. In this podcast, we'll be delving into the world of female sexual pleasure, how to get it and if you've got it, how to make it better. everyone I'm so excited today I have Layla here so for those of you who know Layla has a Instagram blog that I have been following religiously for ages called La La Let Me Explain that's it yeah um, and she is um she's fucking amazing in my opinion oh, anyway. thank <laughs> All you my friends follow you as well so I'm just going to read a little bit about her so you kind of get an idea and then I'll let her kind of speak about herself in her own words so Layla is a 35-year-old single mother of I'm one. I'm 37 now. I need to update that. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm 37 too. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, mother of one who decided to write an anonymous blog to share her experiences of dates, relationships, situationships, I've been there, with fuckboys and waste men in order to educate and empower other women and to help them have a fuckboy-free life, which is something we all need. Um, fat boys, fuck boys have been the bane of her life and sadly she's become somewhat of an expert in their behaviour and the red flags that she should have noticed at the time. Little things that tell you the early stages that is that this is a man to avoid. But she's finally learned from her mistakes and wants other people to learn without having to make the same mistakes as she did. Layla has qualifications in psychology, counselling, sexual health and sociology and she spent her career working in the public and voluntary sector helping people to work through or leave fucked up relationships to change negative patterns of behaviour and to develop self-love and good self-esteem. Layla (laughs) was just never able to apply her own advice and expertise to her own life up until now. I relate to that because I am (laughs) such the best at giving advice. Even still now, I'm not, I'm not good at it. My friends would be like, yeah, and this, you know, this guy did X, Y, Z, and I'd be like, you know, you deserve, you're a queen, you deserve better. Can you not see what he's doing? I'm like, but. I'm doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so just like introduce yourself in your own words. What do you do? Who are you? Yeah, I mean, well, that that really sums it up. But yeah, I've got an Instagram page where I, if you ever go on my Instagram page, don't just look at the pictures because I don't necessarily agree with the pictures, Mm. but it's the captions underneath. Uh, So I like to call out memes and and Mm. kind of dangerous narratives or Mm. anti-female narratives that are on the internet. So I I use my page for that. I've also got a blog where it's uh you should probably start from the bottom and read up like chapters of a book i've also got a podcast which is available on soundcloud and uh, itunes so there's lots of stuff going on and it's all about just empowering women similar mm. to what your what your aims are mm. really and i think it's conversations that we need to have so i think some of the ones that i've seen some of the posts that i've seen on your um instagram page where you're saying like read the post because you don't necessarily agree with what they're saying because there's been ones where you know a real a real woman will stay by yeah. a man. It's like, how, how does that make sense? Like a real woman will stay by a man if he cheats. It's just like a testimony of yeah. how much she loves him. No, it's not. But it's like they're trying to brainwash us through memes, you I know? I think so. And because memes are now life, yeah. I really don't know what we did before memes. Yeah. It's really just like, yeah, that, it is just like that time. It, yeah. But you have to really be careful about those little memes that, yeah. you know, if you don't really look at it and question it. Or if you're a vulnerable person, maybe mm-hmm. if you're a young person, you might just take it as face value and start thinking, yeah, I'm a wide or dry chick, but what does that actually mean? Exactly. I'm not exactly. and dying for anyone. No, <laughs> exactly. Unless it's my child, you know. Absolutely right. Um, so, you are, as I put, the fuckboy ambassador. <laughs> Can you please just explain what that means? I get it. I'm from South London. I get fuckboys. I've been through it. What is a fuckboy? You know what? I just, I, I use the term fuckboy as a kind of all-encompassing term to mm. describe men who are out there sort of manipulating, hurting, lying to, deceiving, 
or just generally not treating the women or, or men in their lives. Gaslighting as well. Gas. Well, that's see, I, I categorize fuckboys into a number of different oh, categories. Okay, yeah. Okay, let's get into that then. So we have the narcissist, narcissistic fuckboy, and okay. actually, I think most fuckboys are narcissists. I think you have to be. A I bit think narcissistic yeah, that's to be a fuckboy. Yeah, I think that's the thread that kind of jo- joins them all together. Um, you've got the spiritual fuckboy. What's that mean? So a spiritual fuckboy might be either very religious, like um, yes. church. Guy, Going, but he will try to tell Literal. you that you know he you, you need to be healed mm-hmm. um, by the the hands of a man, yeah. and he will use kind of religious stuff to or make you stuff, or spiritual like, stuff. You know, you've got the other spiritual yogi kind of your, yeah. yeah. This I always say that like you know, and, and, they, and then they might say uh, they might treat you badly by saying it's your energy. I can't have that energy around me at the moment, you know. And you so they'll yourself, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you got the spiritual fuckboy, you got the no labels fuckboy. The, the one who always makes it seem like there might be a promise of a relationship in the future, yeah. but that's just to keep you there. Again, isn't that the underlying again of a fuckboy? Because, or is that just us women really not reading the signs and they've blatantly said that? No, well, that's not a fuckboy. If he okay. said it, then he's not a fuckboy. So if, if okay. you're if you're going on dates with a man and he says to you, look, I absolutely don't want anything apart from sex, and then you go, cool, all right, I'm down feelings. with sex, and then you catch That's feelings, it. you can't then be upset with him That's for true. not wanting to have a relationship That's with true, you. He is not fair. a fuckboy. He's okay. been honest with you. If he makes you believe that there is some hope, a glimmer of hope, a light mm. at the end of the tunnel... Mm. Um, <clears> I've just got to finish this, you know. Yeah, exactly. There's madness going on, I've just got to finish this, and, you know... And then that never transpires, yeah. then he's a fuckboy, because yeah. he's given you, or especially if they, they give you lots of promises about, you know, like on, on the first date, he's telling you, oh, next year we might go here or there together, yeah, babe. And do you know what? If you're kind of lonely, <coughs> it's easy to fall for. Those kind of things are like music to your ears. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, you. Yeah. Okay. So you have to really protect yourself. You have to mm-hmm. see the red flags for those things. So there's obviously cheating fuckboys who are just absolute, complete and utter bastards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the hypersexual fuckboy who is just very, very highly sexed. And that's fine to be highly sexed, but these ones are kind of sexual overdrive, wanting to fuck different women every night, mm. um, not treating women well in the process of that mm. a, a, as well, seeing women uh, sexually objectifying them, seeing them as sex objects. Mm. Um, I think those guys need therapeutic intervention, they need, actually. They've had some sort of trauma in yeah. the past because... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I've been there. Yeah, I've known of men who who are like, you know, from the moment they wake up, wanking to porn, go out and fuck one woman off Tinder at lunchtime, another woman off Tinder at, you know, that's... Because you you have to question whether you actually can have a any kind of relationship yeah. with a woman, maybe maybe excluding your mum or your sister or something like that. Exactly. It's kind of that kind of fuckboy that will translate into most of their areas of their life yeah. so at work just how you treat women absolutely well, or men if that's what you're yeah doing. exactly it, it's all about the sex you've got the waste man fuck boy so the waste man is somebody who is reliant on his partners to provide for him mm-hmm. so with very quickly he's going to move himself into your house this is this is just like a storm of my life <laughs> <laughs> so many fuck boys i don't <laughs> I've just fallen for it. And oh, we all do. We all do. And we can't blame ourselves for it because... No, sometimes, you know what? You can't blame yourself, but sometimes you have to take responsibility yes. for yourself because, especially if you've been through a, a lot. Now, again, I'm 37, we're both 37. I went through a lot of shit in my my 20s. Um, a lot of fat boys, to be honest. And it doesn't really change. So even though you have these different types, the end goal is... There's no hope for future with these two people, with you and this person. They're going to leave you feeling emotionally vulnerable mm-hmm. or just kind of shit about yourself in general. Yeah. Um. And once you've done that once, twice, three times, you've got to kind of start taking responsibility and kind of seeing the patterns. It's difficult. Yeah. I think it is difficult, but... And you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Because sometimes I think it could just be a thing where... Something is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, and that's where the self-love kind of stuff comes into it because actually if you're completely content with being on your own and you're not desperate to not, be, you know, have a partner, then you're going to choose much more wisely. Mm. Whereas if you're like, as you say, just anyone will do, then of course you're going to leave yourself open mm. to to making mistakes. But it's, it's, it, there's a lot around, I mean, for women... 
this is why I try and teach a kind of whole range of things because mm. I think the first thing to understand is your place within society, within a patriarchal society mm-hmm. and how you are seen See, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and how men perceive women. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, you know, we're often taught that we are... Our value is determined by a man. Mm-hmm. You know, people will always be asking, especially once you get into your thirties, "Oh, you're not married yet? Oh, oh yet. what's yeah. going on?" Yeah. Like, you know, and you start internalizing, thinking, "What is going yeah. on?" Yeah, is there something wrong with me because yeah. I haven't been chosen by a man? Yeah. Yeah. And you often get people, you know, you see it a lot in memes and things like that about bitter single women. Mm-hmm. If you're single over and a certain that is age, that I am actually kind of scared of myself because I'm perpetually single and I'm scared as well, especially when I was younger where you'd see like the older women talking it's like you know uh, men aren't shit or and you just I never wanted to be a bitter older woman but now I'm thinking about it I'm not a bitter older woman these were not bitter older women mm. they were probably just sharing amongst their friends their own experiences and that's a really misogynistic narrative is that if you call out shitty male behaviour you're, you're just bitter well yeah. actually no you're not bitter you have the right to say mm. I wasn't treated correctly mm. I, I was abused or I was manipulated I was used or whatever it doesn't make you bitter to call that out but mm. it suits men or it suits a kind of misogynistic yeah, narrative definitely. to have that because then you don't want to complain because you don't want to sound like a lonely, bitter yeah. Um, woman. Yeah, yeah because, exactly. Because who wants a lonely, bitter Exactly. Woman? What man, if you're into men, yeah. would want a lonely, bitter woman anyway? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I... Oh, I wanted to ask you, actually. Can girls be fuck girls Absolutely, well? yeah. Everything that I write, I, I come from a very heteronormative stance. No, yeah. That's, that's me. That's yeah. my experience. I can't write on behalf of a, a gay woman mm. or a trans woman or, mm. or anything like that because I only know my own, my own reality and my own experiences but I, I I know for a fact that anyone can read my writing and apply I mean, it it's, it's, just apply it to whoever you're yeah. dating whether that be men women whatever um, yeah definitely there's fuck girls so what are your thoughts then with relation to fuck boys and fuck girls so obviously there's a and not all men are or fuck boys but the whole taking time off being a bit celibate celibate to kind of try and cleanse yourself mm-hmm. of fuckboys. Because, you know, sometimes they leave their energy and you yeah. can kind of leave you insecure, just the whole um, fuckboy avo- uh, avoidance. Just, you know, the whole... How do you get through that period if you want to do that whole celebrate? Or how, how do you get out of that cycle, mm. of that fuckboy cycle? Well, that's what that's what worked for me, was I, I just had failed relationship after failed... You, could, you can't even call after them relationships, mm. actually, just people who yeah. came into my life and didn't stay in the way that I wanted them to or mm. that I'd expected them to. And it was, I, it was my final straw was just having this kind of three-month relationship with an absolute waste man. But he wasn't just a waste man, he was a narcissist. He was, he was everything. Yeah, yeah, it's called, uh, I wrote about him, it's called That Time When I Lost My Mind. Yeah, Yeah, there's three parts. (laughs) And um, after him, I was just so drained and I was just so, I had this real sense of, what the fuck? Like, why me? Why am I always, there must be something wrong with me that Mm. I'm continuously choosing these absolute weirdos. Mm. Uh, And I just had to stop and I made the conscious decision to be like, I really genuinely don't need a man. I don't want a man. I don't want anyone to touch me. I'd, I'd often made myself not single over the years because I felt like I needed sex or I felt mm. like I needed somebody. I maybe we get a bit confused. Well, I know I do. And some of them that I've spoken to you confused about the need for sex and the need for maybe a relationship or the yeah. comfort, where sometimes it is just a physical thing. But mm. I know for me, if I sleep with someone more than a few times then I'm going to catch that. feelings it's just, yeah it's just same. fact so is that thing then do we then just become a bit cold maybe and just like okay you I see, just need to get that itch scratch I, I don't think it's even coldness I think it's actually having a look at you know I think often over the years I was really compromising myself because when I say Oh, I just need the sex. Why did I need the sex? I wasn't even having great sex. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, what the fuck? Exactly. Do you know, I actually want to come into that because I read something where you said that, you know, you wasn't having the sex that you wanted to have. And my personal journey, so with AM appointment or AMA, um, 
I was having kind of bad sex for a long time. Mm. Um, and, you know, if I was talking to my friends, I'd be like, no, nah, it was really good. We did this and that. But when I really think about it, yeah, I did all the moves and I made all the, the sounds mm-hmm. and I looked the way I should have looked, whatever mm-hmm. that means. But it was a bit, yeah, you know, like, was yeah. was it bad? But was it great? Yeah. And I think for me, what I realised is that one, I need to do my own homework on myself. Mm-hmm. So this whole, um, you know, talking about masturbation and orgasms for women was one, I need to just know what I want and learn myself a bit more emotionally and be a bit more comfortable with myself. Also understand myself sexually a bit better. Mm-hmm. So I'd maybe become reliant on maybe using vibrators, which I still advocate, love vibrators. Yeah. Um, but just trying to do things for myself. So if I couldn't do it for myself, how am I going to get someone else to do it? Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest things that I discovered for myself um, was the fact that I had a real lack of trust with the people that I was sleeping with. Mm. So I couldn't let myself go mm. and have a, like, have good sex. And the reason why I didn't trust them is because they weren't trustworthy. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's like a cycle. I'm not going to have good sex with you. Why should I have good sex with you? You're not going to consider my feelings. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And I think there's so much tied up around women's sexuality. And again, it goes back to that thing of like, just being grateful that you've got a man. Mm, and so you someone. don't necessarily want to harm their ego by saying... This it's kind of ego. isn't doing anything yeah. for me. like, And also, yeah, there is that whole thing of it. You hear all these other people talking about fantastic sex and you imagine for them that just the feeling of a penis going in the vagina is like, whoa, yeah, you know, no. like fireworks going <laughs> no. off and everything. And if you're not experiencing that yourself, you can quite easily start to think that there's, some, again, there's, there's something, something wrong, wrong broke, my vagina's broken. But, like, so for me, it was like I'd had this shitty relationship and... I'd had a shitload of shitty relationships Mm. and I just came to the point where I realised that I just hadn't ever had really long periods of being completely single. Okay. So even if I was officially single, I would still have someone to sleep with Mm. or whatever because Mm. I felt like I needed that. Yeah. And... um, If you've come out of a long-term relationship, though, you kind of get used to having a certain amount of sex. Yeah. And go through a period of... you just It's an adjustment. Yeah. So maybe you do believe that you need to have... Yeah, sense you have, but I when for again, women that I've spoken to once they've stopped having sex for a certain point. It's like you know going for a run and you've got to break yeah, that yeah. barrier. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, six months now, it's yeah. fine. You know, sometimes I might get the urge, but I've broken through the pain. But barrier. is it like you said before? Is it the sex or is it just the intimacy and being mm. with a man a or body. a woman? Yeah, a body. Per- exactly. It's literally just a body. having a cuddle, like yeah. you know. Um, so, I mean, it worked for me. Mm. Uh, it, and I, I think it's a really healthy thing to do. I think if you get to that point where you're like, what the fuck is wrong mm. with me? And if you're continuously choosing the wrong people, I think celibacy is a great way to, to just clear your mind, develop a deeper understanding of yourself. Mm. And it, I mean, it, it just, it did a lot for me. It meant that I was, I was making great choices because after about three months I started to feel like oh I'm really clean no one's touched me for ages I'm a virgin again yeah and then so when like idiot exes were coming back and they were like oh what are you doing tonight I was a bit like well no you can't come near this fresh vagina um (laughs) so you know and then so so, and I found myself doing that and I was like oh actually I probably wouldn't have made that choice six months ago I mean sometimes it's hard I think because I've gone through periods of that, but then there's still particular people that maybe there could be a certain look and my mind would go back there <laughs> yeah. and I might be swayed or yeah. really persuaded. Yeah. You have to really be quite strong. But then I always, that's the thing that really helped me was that I always thought about, well, how am I going to feel after? Yeah. So when that person contacts shit, me, yeah. That's so, I, and that's why the best thing to do is masturbate before when you get a booty call text, before you even reply to it, play with yourself, make yourself come. Yeah. And 95% of the time, you're not going to want to link it. When you're going, if you if you're trying to diet, yeah, if you go to the supermarket, make sure you eat first. Yes, exactly. Never go food shopping on the empty exactly. stomach. Exactly. So it's, it's the same it's thing. It's the same principle. Make sure you've come, and then if you still want to link him after you've come, then mm. then fine. Then you know it's right. Mm. But for me, I always put myself into that position. You know, I'd be laying in my house, my lovely clean bed, everything's lovely. Mm. You get the booty call text, 
And then I would always put myself into what, how I'm going to feel tomorrow morning when my bed smells a bit of him and I've got to clean the sheets because I'm not in love with him. You only yeah. want, when you're in love, you don't mind the bed smelling yeah, yeah, of yeah. him. But oh, when, yeah, because you know they leave that. Yeah, that so man that, that smell. Kind of, that kind of brings me on to um, a, a DM that I got. So okay. people DM me uh, questions and I have my own experience as well. Um, so I'm just going to read it out and you can give me your thoughts. So I really like this girl. So it's a woman. I really like this girl and have been seeing each other for a couple of months. Only thing is, whenever she comes around to my house or me to hers, when she takes her socks off, um, her feet just make me feel sick, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't want what, the to, look of them? I don't know. She didn't make elaborate. I don't want her to touch me or even talk to me. And it's got to the point where I can't think about She's got her the ick. without feeling sick. And now, so you call it the ick. I know you spoke, mm. you've spoken about that. And I always say, anyone who knows me would know that if I'm seeing someone, if I get that sick feeling, they yeah. make me feel a bit sicky. It's, I can't get over no. it. So it could be, I was I was dating a guy and I really hated the way he spoke. He would use, he, would, he wasn't a roadman. He was a roadman wannabe, mm-hmm. which is worse than Plastic being a Plastic gangster, cause, yeah. Yeah, because you're in your 30s. Why do you even want to be a roadman? It's, like, it's, it's ridiculous. That was one thing. But he used to say man, but he'd say it like M-O-N, like a really bad Jamaican. <laughs> like, and it used to read, and he'd say it a lot. And it got to a point where I could feel the sick in my stomach and mm. the anger rising. And I just couldn't. It just made me feel really uncomfortable. I was dating another guy and the way he smelled, he didn't smell bad at all. Mm. He just smelled of himself and it just made me feel disgusting. That's, you two were not meant to have babies together, that's why. Yeah. yeah. Your babies would have come out with five heads and <laughs> eight legs. Like, that is nature telling yeah. you, you two are not compatible. No, I also get it as well. Um, when I was younger, and I think maybe this is just me being a bit fucked up when I was in my younger age, where if men were emotionally over, like, oh, I really want to be with you, I really love you, like, right? but yeah. they don't know me yet. Yeah. Don't be overly emotional. It turns you off, me. it kind of scares you. I'm yeah. kind of going through that at the moment. Like, I've started speaking to a guy recently, and he's really keen, like, really keen. Okay. And and it's lovely. Keen? I'm keen, but his over keenness mm-hmm. is making me start to get the ick, and I really don't want to get the ick. I, I really don't want to, yeah, once you get, get it. it. You and can't. you try, you really, really yeah. try, but it's just like... You can't unick. It's like that feeling, as I said, in the back of your neck, when someone touches your neck and you're yeah, like... Yeah, it's like oh, skin crawling, but yeah. Me, yeah. Don't touch yeah. me in public, especially just don't, because, oh. Yeah. I mean, um... Yeah, there's nothing she can do. If she's feeling that way already about this girl's feet, she, you know... She has to even said if it's a smell, because I can get that. Yeah. And that can be dealt with, maybe, but if it's just something that... Now, when you think about someone, you yeah, that's that. all that you can. Oh, yeah, she I'm, can't. It's the most fair thing she can do in this situation to is to it, end yeah. it. Yeah, kindly. Yeah, humanely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. Um, and this is probably why I'm still single. But I really, I like London boys. I mm, like London accents. Me too. I don't do accents well. I'm sorry to anybody who's from outside of London, I'm not saying Birmingham specifically, but, but I just, any accents, just, they just kind of make I know me what you mean, it's funny, isn't it? Weird. Me it's too. Like, I feel like I'm not going to relate to you properly necessarily. Yeah, well, you're going to try and say something in a London way, but you're yeah. saying it in that weird way and you just seem like a bit of an idiot. It's very interesting, but then there's nothing wrong with wanting somebody who's a cultural match to you and London is a real culture. But London's also very small. Yeah. So I know it's true. <laughs> and when like, you got a specific taste, right, you're like, yeah. Like we're Bay and we can't even agree. I on know. Accent, you know, and accents are so small. But it's just little things that make you feel. I, I'm I'm trying really hard to get over those kind of mm-hmm. things and trying to understand why things like that, like yeah, accents make me feel sick. Yeah, something like someone's smell. I think that just like you're saying, we're not meant to have babies. Yeah, it's just. A chemistry reaction yeah. my body just cannot absolutely it won't work i've had that with a friend before as well so i know exactly what you're talking about mm. yeah but you're right those other little things mm. like actually we're like cancelling ourselves out from potential relationships because we're being so specific in our needs but yeah. it's very difficult like for me i i pretty much find myself only fancy and mixed race men okay. half black half white yeah generally and I know where that comes from. Like, I had some trauma with a, a white man. I was raped by my first oh. boyfriend who, oh. who was white. I'm like, I'm okay with it now. Yeah. Like, I, it's not something I mind talking about. My dad is also obviously a white. And a, yeah, absolute narcissist, emotional abuser. And I always used to date 
I had no preference whatsoever, mm. white, Chinese, Turkish, black, whatever. And um, and then, so, so obviously I had those experiences. And then my very first love was a mixed race man, half Jamaican, oh. half English. And so you got what you needed. Yeah, and I really loved him. I really, really loved him. And I still probably love him a little bit now. Mm. And, uh, and since him, literally, I've only been able to fancy people who look like they could be related to him in some way. Mm. They all look like they're a cousin or a brother or, yes. you know. And yeah. uh, and I'm trying so hard. Like, to I'm not trying to... Like, I, I, I look at black guys, I find them really attractive. White guys, Asian guys, you know, I sometimes... And you see them attractive, but you, something, you just... Something is not... Just make your vagina fat. Yeah, like the fanny, the fanny exactly. Flicks. The fanny flutters <laughs> are, are not happening for anybody... I just feel, I'm not feeling myself drawn to anyone who's not mixed race. And that's fucked. Like, mm. I live in London. They've got to be it's over the crazy. age of 30. Mm. I can't have actually fuck their cousin or somebody else. So <laughs> now the pool is very it's, small yeah, for is. me. So I, I, um, it's not even that I'm attracted to. So I... What's your type? Get, well, it's, I don't say type. It's maybe what's, attra- what's attracted to me. So white guys don't normally approach me. Mm-hmm. Or if they do, I've had a conversation with a white guy and he said, yeah, but I find you a bit intimidating. Like, why? Why? What the fuck? Like, okay. So You're like the I, least intimidating person is. I've ever I don't met. Know why. Maybe I'm a stereotypical black woman. Yes. So I've got the natural hair. Yeah. I'm quite buxom. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I can be a bit loud. So I'm not sure. But and white men don't tend to approach me. Though... Like maybe Eastern European men might mm-hmm. do, but again, I've got the accent thing, it's not gonna work. Yeah, for me. um, <laughs> mixed race boys, do they they don't read black guys, but specifically, I noticed dark skinned guys seem to go for me, and it's not actually, it's not even no, it's not a skin type because I've dated a lot of different type black guys, mm-hmm. but I think for me, what I tend to get is either really tall and skinny or really mm. short and skinny and that's my preference <laughs> yeah so it's not even a, like a so are you sort of saying what came first the chicken or the egg do you fancy those yeah, kind I of men yeah I don't know I don't know because maybe the first guy that I really had a lot of feelings for was short and skinny mm. and a guy that I was in like a long term off and off fuckboy whatever messed up relationship was really tall and skinny mm. and since then that just does it for me that yeah. I do appreciate a nice toned body mm-hmm. like you put in the work well done to you that feels nice but does it make <laughs> my fanny flick really doesn't yeah like, there's something especially a really skinny guy that can pick me up I'm like wow <laughs> like, there's, there's a thing where I think oh I might actually break his back yeah I think, that, I think, I think that's quite sexually attractive to me I might he's willing, my, willing oh, to risk he's willing death to risk and he's always going to be like yeah, sit on my face I'm thinking but I don't want to kill him <laughs> If he dies, he dies. He dies happy. Exactly. So I think that's my type. But again, I want to kind of, I really want to break free of that. And I've been on like Tinder and I swipe like left for Asian guys, white guys. I never get a match. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, so it's like reinforcing, okay, maybe it's just not, you know. It's the same for me. Because I've occasionally matched a few white guys or people who are not exactly my type Mm. on Tinder. Same, they never match me. No. They never match me. And when they do, I almost feel this sense of like, Oh, I don't know how to deal with you. Yeah. Like, I have, I'm, not, I'm not used to you. Like, so, so yeah, but I'm I'm with you. Like, it is... London is small. Maybe we need to break these. know each other as yeah, well. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It is true. So, uh, <laughs> um, so, one thing I do want to speak to you about, which kind of goes back to um, just not having the kind of sex that you want to have, was about trauma and emotional blockages so mm-hmm. we kind of spoke a bit about it um and I was speaking to my friend who's a therapist and she was saying about you know talking about trauma and I was like well yeah I've had traumatic experiences my like first time I was, I was also you know raped as well which is not the most nicest experience and it, I didn't actually deal with that until mm. you know, in my 30s but there's also smaller trauma so what she said to me in the conversation um, it's my friend Samantha from Campbell's Counselling. It was not every. Oh, I think I, I've seen I've seen her page. She looks really great. Cam- yeah. um, is she in South London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. Um, Big her up, recommend her. Uh, yeah. well, definitely, we have some videos coming out as well. Um, she said that not every trauma <laughs> is a ten car pileup. It can be something that's really hurt you, something that you can't get past, 
it's your own personal trauma if it bothers you and replaced to you it's a trauma so a really good example of that for me would be um so throughout my 20s I was with this guy on and off and again I wouldn't even call it with it was just a really fucked up situation and I am quite an affectionate person and I like touching so he said to me twice oh I don't like the way you touch my arm you stroke me like a cat mm. and that kind of really hurt my feelings. Mm. It really hurt my feelings. One, because I love cats. <laughs> nothing wrong with them. I showed them nicely. I yeah. like cat myself. Um, and secondly, it's like, well, I, that was just my form of being affectionate mm. and just wanting to be close to you because he wasn't an affectionate person at that time. So that was me trying to get something. And what happened from that was that I went into other relationships and I was quite cold. Mm. I didn't want to touch people. I didn't want to... If they wanted to hug me, I became a bit oh, you know, yeah, I yeah. uncomfortable. And it really just... And I didn't even realise it. It flipped how I was as a person completely. And it was only when I got with someone, I was dating him for like nearly a year, and that he was really affectionate. Or he used to ask me to play with his hair. He used to like it. Or he'd like, you know, stroke my neck. And just really nice things mm. that I liked that I actually realised, wow, I missed that. And what was it? I had to really go back and pinpoint... Yeah. What the trauma was. Yeah. What do you make of that? I think that's really important. And I think this is why I recommend therapy to everyone. Mm. Even if you haven't got, as she says, a ten a ten car pileup type of trauma where you can say, I lost my mum at an early age or I was raped or I had this, you know, I've been trafficked or you know, it doesn't have to be a major thing. Being a human being is traumatic enough, you know, we we we, we are we have to deal with a whole lot of shit on a daily basis mm. and, and I think unless you have that outlet to process it, mm. that then it, it can internalise itself and, and change your behaviours. Exactly, Definitely. exactly like what happened with you. So I think therapy is really important um, and, and, and identifying those little things that have made you, you know, mm. the way that you yeah, are. Yeah. Um, you know, and in talking about sex and things like that, I think a lot more women have vaginismus or sort of symptoms mm. of vaginismus For than sure. are yeah. aware. Yeah. Because I, I, I think a lot more women are experiencing pain and discomfort during sex mm. than should be mm. and are not they associating. They think, oh, I might have a bit of thrush or yeah. I might have a sexually transmitted infection. Mm. What they're not realising is that their vagina muscles are tensing because, because they not... think, oh, this hurt last, or, or this hurt ages ago or mm. last time you did this to me, you got really emotionally damaged because mm. he fucked off after, mm. you know. So so your little tense vagina is like, yeah. and it's not going to experience I've pleasure. I've a lot of that at work as well, um, at Shushra work, where it's not it's not even sometimes, so there's loads of, you obviously have vaginismus and there's loads of like disorders or things that can happen to your vagina to make it tense up. Yeah. So it can be a physical manifestation of a emotional absolutely blockage or it can just be actually no you need to really we need to do something because there's you know it's for vaginia where the skin yeah kind of becomes like hard yeah. around there so there are a lot of issues and then you you know you have to go through the whole tr training through dilators and you know and if you don't have a partner that you feel comfortable you have to be feel comfortable absolutely to take it slowly enough for them to understand that mm -hmm. this might be an issue um, it can be really scary because a lot of times, again, when I'm at work, when women come in, they're like, oh, I don't know if there's something wrong with me. Is this a common thing? It's like, I must have, I work two days a week and two days a week, I must have about five women, those every day, every week, who come in with, who either go through the training sets or who are saying that there's something wrong. Mm. So it's very, very, very common. It's just not like female masturbation spoken about yeah that often so you yeah kind of just live in this whole isolation i'm so happy though that they feel able to do that and that they've got somewhere that you know because mm. that's brilliant that they're coming to you they're seeing you and they're thinking actually i'm going to talk about this yeah. and i'm gonna i'm gonna work through this rather than i think there's so many women who are just sort of sitting there going this is really fucking embarrassing yeah. i'm not going to talk to anyone about this i'm going to assume that every woman out there is having amazing sex and i'm the only one who's and not you can't even blame them or we can't blame women for thinking other women are having amazing sex i just said i used to lie about having amazing yeah sex. yeah but you, <laughs> me too you know what i mean you yeah. watch tv and it's like okay 
a few seconds of kissing, yeah. a push up against you know the wall outside. Yeah, her vagina is probably very dry. Right yeah, now. you know it, there's a lot of factors going into this, and you know three minutes later she's having a, a screaming order. Absolutely, like, but yeah, is she, yeah. Is she really, and I think that's why porn is really dangerous as well mm. because you you know if you actually watch most mainstream male produced and directed porn. Mm. You're expected to believe that these women are having orgasms off giving blowjobs, yeah. you know, and, and getting pounded from <laughs> behind know, with no clitoral office, action whatsoever. And he's just going in and like, I can, I have eyes, I can see that her vagina yeah. is quiet as fuck. <laughs> yeah. that, and his nails are kind of long. Are you oh. so inconsiderate? Like, that yeah. must be really painful, but you just, it becomes the norm. It does. It's really like, um, it's weird because in the last podcast, I spoke to um, Florence from the Vagina Museum. And a fact that she gave me, a statistic, is that teenage pregnancy is actually on, is going down. The mm-hmm. statistics are going down. And the major reason for that is because a lot of teenage boys would rather watch porn and went to porn. Than well, it also, have... a lot of them are having anal sex. Anal sex is becoming an, a norm now and... because of porn and because of music and, and, and different things that we're seeing in the media. Um, I know when I was growing up, it just wasn't even really spoke about. When I was young, when I was a teenager, I went to all-girls school, so obviously there's loads of talk about sex yeah. and stuff, but it was like, oh my God, she got fingered behind the, ba- the bike shed. Yeah. It was a big scandal. Yeah, but yeah. really it was a scandal, but you're kind of curious of thinking, hmm, that sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. But anal sex just wasn't even... No, and it shouldn't be the norm for teenagers. There should not be... There is nothing wrong with having anal sex. Mm. I, I have anal sex if you want to, and, and that's your thing, and, and you're consenting, and you're an adult who's able to negotiate mm. that kind of... You know, something that could be painful or, mm. or, or could end up, you know... But then, to say something that could be painful than to go and have anal sex. I am not the biggest anal sex person. Not me neither. Um, I'm saving my anal virginity for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I say, because, again, you have to be very relaxed. Yeah. And if I have a problem relaxing, then I'm going to be <clears> Yeah, and I, I can't think about having poo on the penis of someone who's not completely like, you know, my husband and, and he's not going to... And that is a very real possibility. Absolutely. You have to really come yeah. to, you know, be comfortable yeah, Absolutely. But the, the fact that like, teenagers having anal sex again could be that whole thing about trying to keep their virginity. Mm. Um, I get a lot of... Um, well, it is. Yeah, that is that is one of the factors, culturally. Yeah, I don't you, want to be, like, stereotypical racial... No, no. I get a lot of Asian women yeah, yeah. DMing me and who talk about anal sex. Absolutely. Because they have to still be a virgin. Yeah. But you're not a virgin. No. you've had sex. Well, actually, and, 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 you know, I talk about this all the bloody time, that... that Penis and vagina sex is not sex. No. Foreplay should not be called foreplay. The sex, sex yeah. if you're having anal sex, you are not a virgin. Oh, I, I don't even like the term virgin because mm-hmm. I don't believe we gain or lose anything when we have sex. Mm-hmm. I think virginity is a social construct. Mm-hmm. I think it's there to make people seem like dirty or whatever once mm-hmm. they've lost it. You don't mm-hmm. go from being pure and innocent have something in your genitals and then you change overnight completely or not yeah exactly exactly I think it's just a load of shit that was you know I think obviously sex is big and deep and special but also it's not life changing doesn't dramatically change your personality or anything like that. so I think virginity is a form of social control and whatever mm-hmm. um and and also foreplay wanking oral sex all of that if you've done that with someone you've had sex with them mm. you have had sex with them mm. that's that's it you don't have to have had a penis in a vagina to have had because sex because it is just them putting the power in, in the male yeah it's, it's just, yeah into the male exactly. like you are nothing or that you haven't become a woman yeah. until you've had a penis in your vagina and, and having a penis in your vagina for 80% of women is not, not what's going to make them come penises as I, I say to women at work and men when they come in it's like penises are really not that ergonomic no they don't really hit they're the not spots. designed exactly really, they don't it's just they, they should have an extra bit like on their pu- on their pubic bone that sticks out to t- yeah or even like if you're training yourself to have a G-spot orgasm the G-spot's only about 2 centimeters yeah. in um, 2 um, inches in yeah. it's not that far in but it, they're not ergonomic so no. you know why am I putting all this yeah, you know, onto a guy. And exactly, amazing penis. Exactly, and I mean, it's crazy. I saw the most horrific um, tweet today where this guy had said, "If my uh, child, if my daughter ever grows up to be a lesbian, I'm going to sneak into her room and, and give that. her this dick and I show saw her." That. Oh. I'm like, what the? F- 
I mean, you just, what you've just uh, I mean, I, I just, I, 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 my mind was so blown with not only the homophobia, the paedophile, but also, but also so the fact that this is how men believe. They and really so think dicks are so powerful. But you're so comfortable to then put that on social media yeah. because you just live in this system where you can. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I, I mean, I was just mind blown. But again, it kind of highlights, yeah, like I say, this, this thing where, where men genuinely believe all you've got to do is put a penis in a vagina and we're going to be going, ah, yeah. And that's kind of our fault it is. because we have it been is. going because that's what we've seen on porn, and exactly. actually we haven't been been being realistic about and our own pleasure. You, the more you lie about it, the harder it is to kind of yeah. Especially if you're in a long term relationship, it's like how do you tell your partner? Um, I think I had this uh, like a question that I spoke to someone else about, but how do you tell your partner after years of being together that they don't um, actually make you come exactly? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. That's yeah, yeah, you. yeah. I asked you, and you said it was good. So. Yeah. You know, it's it's just better to be honest. With from the start, that, right? from the start. I wanted to ask you a question. I got a, um, a DM. Um, so I just want to get your opinion. And it kind of relates back to the that trauma or the emotional blockage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been with my partner for just under a year and he's amazing. My problem is that I'm really, I still really embarrassed to be naked in front of him and insist that we have sex with the lights out. I have... One breast that's significantly smaller than the other. I've always struggled with this. The thought of him seeing me naked makes me scared, but I don't want to ruin our relationship. Mm. It's quite sad. It is sad, especially if they've been together for years. Well, just under a year. Oh, just under a year. Can I just say, so I worked um, in a... I worked in a sex shop. I worked in a laundry, so Bravismo, for Mm -hmm. Big Boot Women's, for about seven and a half years. I was a, a manager there. So I have seen... Hundreds of tits. Yeah. Maybe even thousands. Yeah. No, I've seen a lot of tits in my time, basically. And most women have one boob bigger than the other. There are women who do have a significant, like a cup size or two. Yeah. Um, bigger or smaller than the other. But again, it's just one of those things that it's not really spoken about. You're just expected to... Have these perfect, perky boobs. You know, yeah. When I was growing up, my boobs have always been big, but I didn't have the stereotype round boobs my boobs have always been quite pointy my mm. sisters used to tease me about it actually had these really big that these pointy boobs and as I got bigger they just got bigger and yeah. pointier <laughs> and I used to be I used to be a little bit self-conscious I think they should be nice and round but mm. I mean I kind of just got comfortable with the fact that well, this is it and seeing so many women semi-naked yeah really was a boost for my self my body confidence yeah. because big or small most women look more or less the same mm-hmm. um and it just really, it just put things into perspective when you see yeah. a lot of other body, like. And I, I think that's such an important thing, isn't it? It's like... Um, to see real bodies. Absolutely. There's a lot of women who are paranoid about how their vulva looks. Mm. And there's the vulva gallery. I don't know yes, if you follow like, them. Yeah, it's brilliant. You know, yeah. like... And when I posted... I chose, you know, a few of their squares mm. that, that showed the real range of different mm. vulvas. And people are just like, whoa, like... I've never seen one like that. Oh, that's and even women. I had some comments from women who were like, oh, making jokes to their friends. Ha ha, yours is the one on the bottom left or whatever. Mm. And I just thought it's absolutely mad how critical we are about each other's bodies and about our own bodies. Mm. We see these images in it's porn, again, isn't it? Yeah. Or but also TV. mainstream media. You only have to open HBO. the sun and there's yes. a topless woman there. Of you know. Perfectly round boobs. Absolutely. Like... But, you you know, we forget that they're completely airbrushed. Uh, mm. We forget that these women have often had surgery and whatever mm. else. They've plucked their hairs from around it. Exactly. Like, oh, exactly. You know. um, and also we forget that those women have their own insecurities as well, you That's know, true. because I'm doing this kind of work. I've, yeah. I've got celebrities and models and all sorts of stuff who, who I talk to regularly. And they have the same insecurities that we do. Mm. It might not be about their breasts or their their bums or whatever but they they are insecurities there um and and i think that yeah one of the things that she should do is definitely look at other women look Mm. at other women who've got boobs one boob bigger and one boob smaller she googles google Mm. images i'm sure she'll find stuff like that and realize that sexiness doesn't come from symmetry it comes from Mm. inside it comes from how you feel about yourself and actually like what you're saying so to cut you but not coming from symmetry it's usually the bits that are a little bit off that kind of make someone more interesting yes definitely this perfect 
Absolutely. If you, and if he had one tiny ball and one mm. massive ball... As a lot of men do have. But would you? <laughs> would she go running out the door going, oh, sorry, your testicles aren't correct for me? Saying that, though, testicles are less seen. Yeah, but in the light, you know, laying mm. there, giving him a blowjob, you, mm. you know... I, don't, I just think that she needs to put herself in that position to say if he had some massive... I don't know, whatever it was on his body that, that wasn't, like, fitting in with the norm or what was mm. seen as aesthetic beauty that, that we all aspire yeah. to, you know, perfect-sized tits, perfect-sized dick or whatever. Is she going to run? No, because mm. at and this point, they, they like each other yeah, as people. It's, um, it's just under, yeah, and also I think that she's not being completely fair to him either by not giving him the opportunity mm. of not not fair to herself as well by not giving him the opportunity to see her yeah and have a genuine reaction and if you know maybe it might do you know what it might be a breaking point but to be honest if you're having sex already he's probably already had a fumble and felt yeah. that different but just to have him experience it and see it and just be okay with it mm-hmm. you, she's not letting herself have that it would be good i mean if she could feel safe to say, actually, I want to talk about this. This mm. is really upsets me. This part of my body makes me feel incredibly paranoid, but I don't want to have sex with the lights off anymore. I don't want to constantly be hiding from you. So mm. I want to stand here naked in front of you. Um, you know, that's quite a brave thing to do, mm. but I Fair. guarantee that his reaction is not going to be, ooh, no. it's not. No. If, it, if I mean, it's been... Lucky if he's a good man and and if his reaction is oh then great you had a fucking lucky escape because how's that kind of man gonna react when your vagina has torn to your anus after having having a child Mm. you know Mm. how's he gonna react when you you do a poo while you're in labor you know so Mm. so actually we filter out the bad ones Mm. by letting them see our flaws and seeing how they react to that Mm. i get a lot of women message me who are paranoid about things like spots around their um, you know, around their genitals or on their okay. bums and things like that, and they feel like they can't have sex because they've got really spotty bums or mm. or whatever. Um, I, yeah, and they and then and then they're quite all scarring or mm. you know, um, and 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 then and then they're often quite surprised when they meet somebody who's really lovely, good person mm. who's just like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, by the time I'm about to put my dick in you or like, yeah. I'm about to have sex with you or you know whatever, however you have sex. I think the person's just happy to be there. Yeah. Grateful, yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't even notice that, you know, just grateful. Exactly. It's, it's we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Definitely. And we, we, we should be having sex with people who are not having sex with us just because they think we're but sexy, perfect. but because they they actually really like us and they want to connect with us on an intimate level mm. uh, and they don't give a fuck about the look. It's about how we make them feel um, mm. and how they make us feel. Mm. And, you, you know, sex should not be about visuals it should be about feelings feelings yeah and this is this comes back to the whole um being fuckboy um thing and just not being able to let yourself go Mm. because it's not just the physical act and i can only speak for myself and i can speak for some women who i've spoken to um including what you said once you you sleep with someone for a little while you get and i don't know if it's a a female thing Mm. you get somewhat emotionally attached mm-hmm. to them but when you really think about it you're allowing in, in a heteronormative sexual um relationship you're allowing someone else to enter your body yeah that's a very intimate yeah. thing you can't you like you've been inside i haven't been inside myself yeah yeah but, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it's a very intimate thing to, to absolutely and just not acknowledging that there are this is something that I actually used to tell my nieces when they were really young, just acknowledging that there are feelings that come with sex. It's not just about penetration. Mm-hmm. It's not an empty act yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, you should watch, uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet, it's on Netflix, it's called Liberated, The New Sexual Revolution. No. It'll upset you. You should watch, I mean, like, I'm not saying don't watch that can cry, you know, but it's it's all about how young people are now... It, it's, it's, it's a documentary... And it's focused on spring break and it follows a few young people and, you know, early 20s or whatever. Um, And the way that they go on, and both the men and women will admit, 
it's all about fucking no feelings now. Mm. 20, 2018, no, nobody catches feelings. Mm. It's all a savage mentality. Yeah, catch planes, not feelings. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. And it's just like, fuck as many people as you can. These women don't seem to be getting any pleasure whatsoever. They're just on the beach and a man, a man can just come up and put his dick in them. This is teenagers. This is like early, tw- late teens, early 20s. But don't you think that's that? That age group as well. I, I, mean, I think it was different for our age group. I think so. Because we wasn't... We wasn't we're so lucky. We were, because we wasn't really exposed to that. No. And by the time we were, we already were adults. Yeah. You know, it's, and as well, we wasn't exposed to that, but that age that you are, that, that late teen, early 20s, it's a really weird stage in your life because you're going from being a child mm. to being an adult and you've suddenly got all this freedom you can do whatever you want no one can tell me what to do it's yeah like, I'm just going to go do everything yeah. without really thinking about the long term mm-hmm. effects or consequences of what you're doing yeah so I'm not sure if you've been following um, really off topic but the whole R. Kelly yes like, I just I finished the documentary oh yesterday God. have you watched it I've watched it all <gasps> like, I watched it all in like one night wow I was crying part five and six. I was just so upset. And the thing is, like, one of my questions is as well, if this was the UK or European country, our legal age of limit is 16. Yeah. So if he was like having sex with these 17 year olds, mm. six, like, six and 17 year olds, it would be a bit oh, tacky, mm. but it wouldn't be illegal yeah. or maybe frowned upon. And obviously in America, the legal age is 18. So it's mm. quite different. Um, I mean, what do you make of that, considering that we just spoke about, you know, teenagers being that age and they don't really have... I think it's the patch, you know, it's, it's, it's that thing of can a 16-year-old negotiate a sexual interaction with another 16-year-old? Probably yes. Mm. Can a 16-year-old negotiate a safe sexual interaction with a 35-year-old? No. They don't have the skill set to do that. They, yeah. You know, e- even sometimes as a 37-year-old woman, you can find yourself in positions, not that I have for a couple of years, I've been celibate, but you, know, you can still find yourself in positions where there are power dynamics or where mm. you really like this person and, you know, they're suggesting sex without a condom or whatever and, you know, it just ends it's, up it's, happening or whatever. Yeah. But if you're 16 and that person is 35, you have no hope of being able to... Put your point to put them, your yeah. point across yeah. and 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 also the, you know the power dynamics are such that it's very easy to exploit somebody when, when you've got that you know that girl didn't consent to having been pissed on no. she can't consent to urination no. I mean you she was 14 she, she, she was can't. underage but you you know if you've got somebody saying she but hang on oh you're just an idiot then or because every big every big woman does that you know you're not going to have the knowledge and the skills and the experience to be able to say Actually, no, fuck off. Every big woman mm. doesn't do that, and yeah. I don't want to do it. Or, I, or just the fact that I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't care what anybody exactly. else is doing. I don't feel comfortable doing exactly. that. And that takes a long time to even get to yeah. be able to say that. It does. I struggled with that. Absolutely. You know? I think everybody struggles with it. And then you learn, and, you, and, and, and each different experience tells you, and sometimes we don't learn. Sometimes you know, a lot of us keep getting keep into going, the yeah. same situations where yeah. we're like, fuck, you know. I've done it again. Mm. I got led down that path and I ended up having sex without a condom or yeah. having sex full stop when I kind of didn't really want yeah. to. And it's, it, yeah, I mean, the, docu- the documentary, was it was really, it was really shocking. It shocking. was uncomfortable because we kind of knew about the whole mm. 14-year-old and the whole Aaliyah thing. But again, because that generation, we didn't have Instagram yeah. as much, so you, it's not in your face all the time. It's yeah. like, you don't hear about it, so... For example, I didn't know the trial went on for years. I Nip thought, did I? I thought, okay, he had the videotape and that's it. I didn't even think, I was thinking about that when I watched it. Like, how old was I? Like 19, 20, when all that stuff was going when the, on. When Leah, when he was married to Leah, I remember this because yeah. I was reading all the, like, the black magazines yeah. and, like, the certificate of marriage. So I think I was, we were probably about... 14? But yet 14? we're still, AJ nothing no, but a number, you know, singing a fucking paedophile I know, and when, when, you, when, you listen, when you're watching that and you listen to the lyrics, he's like, oh my God, he is that. Yeah, all of them tunes, like, I was thinking about, keep it on a down low, you remember that one? All of them. And I used to think, oh, that's about like a secret sexual, no, it's about keep, fucking children. I'm like, keep yourself quiet with it. It makes me feel genuinely sick to think about, I mean, I can't listen to his music now. Mm. I can't do it. There's, it a, there's this debate, isn't there, about should his music be cancelled? Yes, it should be cancelled. It should be cancelled. 
cancelled. And I totally think it should be cancelled. Because I think a lot of people with music get tied up to maybe a time in their life mm. or something that was happening yeah. with that particular song. Absolutely. So I, remember, I found all my old tapes mm. the other day and I just got my old hi-fi working again. I'm so happy. <laughs> um, and it's the tapes like Soul Sound Number One and it was like yeah. when I was 12. <laughs> and I had a particular tape and I remember the order of it mm-hmm. and it had SWV Week. Was it Pure Swing 96? No, <laughs> I made it for myself. Oh. I made it for myself. But yeah, I had all of those ones. <laughs> And it had a particular order, and Mariah Carey, SWV, and then there's an R. Kelly song. Mm. And it was actually, it was a remix of um, Bump and Quiet, I don't see anything yeah, wrong. Yeah. And I'm listening to it, and I loved that song. And it's like, um, he's saying, let me see some ID before I get knee deep into it. Mm. You've seen the ID, it doesn't really matter to you. But that particular tape, that format of songs, just brings back so much memory, so much good memories. Yeah. It's, like, it's hard to kind of distinguish between the memory and the song but yeah. I just I can't go out and enjoy it I no. don't want it I don't if it comes on when I'm at home on my playlist yeah I might secretly turn it down yeah, my yeah. flatmate cut hair and listen to it <laughs> because it's now, it's now become my guilty yeah, and yeah. I think damn you for making me feel yeah, guilty for liking you. the song and even Michael Jackson You're Not Alone now that you know mm. that that was written for some poor kid yeah. who but do you know what actually I had a uh, really good experience with R. Kelly um, when I was 18. So on my 18th birthday, me, my best friend and my sister went to R. Kelly concert. And this was um, not TP.3. It might have been TP mm. Factory, around that chocolate yeah, yeah. time. Um, so we went to the concert and had a really good time. And then afterwards we're like, and my sister's way older, I'm like, let's be groupies and go around the back and mm-hmm. wait for him. So we went around the back and we didn't see him, but his accountant came out. And he was talking to us and he really fancied my sister. She's like, you know, you guys should come up to the show in Manchester. Um, and he paid for, my sister couldn't come, he paid for our tickets to go to Manchester and hotel room and tickets to go to the show. So me and my friend were there having a good time, like we're in Manchester, so I can't believe I like her, what the hell. So we're there, we're in the crowd um, and there's security guards, all these big men coming around, taking women out of the crowd and so we all get, and we get chosen as well. So we all get taken, and some women have their guys with them. We all get taken to this room and the guys have to wait outside. And now that I think about it, they were all around my age. I don't remember an older woman there. It was women like my age. And I was 18 at the time. So I would say like late teens, early 20s. Mm. And um, so we're all in this little room and he's got loads of men in security. And then he comes out. And then all the girls are going, what? Obviously, he's fucking R. Kelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back then, he's like... 99, like, my fucking yeah. God, R. Kelly. I'm going to scream until I wet myself. Yeah. And, um, like, he was, he was... I think he was high on something. And he's mm. like, you know, play that song of mine. And they put on his own song. <laughs> Me and my friend kind of looked at each other like, that's weird. You just performed it. And now you want to <laughs> dance your own song. Weird. But um, I remember tapping him. There's a whole heap of girls around him. And I don't know how. I'm just going to say I don't know how. I remember I was 18. I ended up having my hands down his trousers. I had my hand on his naked bottom. I swear to God, I had it on his sweaty naked bottom. And there was a whole heap of other hands around. So I can only imagine the girl who was facing him had their hands, or it was a whole heap of women, had their hands on his dick. And all of these security guards and people were coming around and trying to pull girls and talk to girls. And I was totally in this whole hypnotised kind of thing. My friend was not having it. And after a while, I think she got bored and like, okay, we've got to go. And I really just didn't want to, <laughs> I to drag my hand away from his bottom. Like, I'm not going to wash it. I'm like, actually, I'm going to wash that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was in 1999. Yeah. And I mean, he's been doing it for years, hasn't he? Yeah, he did obviously the opportunity to do it. Mm. I was throwing myself at him. Yeah. I'm sure he probably hooked up with girls that night. Mm-hmm. It's only, you know. Several, probably. Probably several. At the same time. At the same time. Yeah. So the opportunity has been there. And like we were saying, at 18, would I do that now, even if I'm a celebrity, have my hand on their naked bottom? Never. Hell no. Yeah. Would yeah. I do that? Because I'm fucking 37 yeah, now. Yeah. I know better. <laughs> but at 18, I just didn't have the mental 
No, you don't. And that's why I think, you know, pe- people are a bit like, um, I've seen a lot of people blaming the victims and and a lot of people have been like, oh, you know, she was 19 or whatever. She's not a child, she shouldn't know better. No, you don't know you better, don't better you don't. when you're 19. You and sometimes you don't know better when you're 35, if there is that power dynamic in play. Mm. If you're a big fan mm. of somebody, you know, as far as a lot of these women were concerned, he was like Jesus to them. Mm. And whatever he said, got, went. Yeah. And, and if, if, if you you want this person to like you so much or you think that your career exactly oh my god again he's chosen me yeah out of everyone the psychology behind it is is massive so you can't just say it's as simple as you're this age you should have known better Mm. there's so much that goes with it Mm. um i mean he has clearly got some major fucking issues and i think it's right that they they put in that stuff about his childhood trauma because i think it's really important that we yeah perspective exactly he might it doesn't justify what he's done doesn't but it lets you maybe understand a bit why where it's come from where it's come from yeah and, and I think it's important I, I, I don't think it, like you said it doesn't excuse it but this is why we but it gives you context exactly especially in this day and age maybe back in the day it was harder but no Google is your friend as mm-hmm. you keep saying counselling is not as especially within the black community mm-hmm. where Maybe it's been seen, you know, you don't, you don't talk about things in the house. Especially you know, men. Especially men. And there is a high rate of men committing suicide. Yeah. You know, you don't talk about your feelings. Men traditionally didn't talk about their feelings. And we need to kind of have this out because that childhood trauma that he had, mm. if maybe he got it dealt with, maybe he could yeah. analyse himself a yeah. bit more. Yeah. But then we, we're saying that. We don't know if he has. Maybe he had got to counselling for it. Yeah. Maybe he's fully aware of why he's doing it. And, and he's just a psychopath. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, yeah, that's putting a lot of... No, but I, th- I think you are right. And I definitely think, you know, back in the day... That there was a whole load of stuff around abuse and sexual abuse and stuff. And, mm. and, and, and mums would just want to brush it under the carpet. Mm. If children said, Uncle Blah Blah is sexually abusing me, it'd be stop don't bring mm. shame on this family, you know, mm. uh, rather than going, oh my God, my child, you know, mm. let's let's deal with this together. Yeah. So I think... I just, I can't imagine my mum, I, I feel like my mum would be in prison to this day. Yeah, mine, oh, mine too, yeah, mine too. Not, but not every family is like yeah. that. And I think even still now, um, if you look at certain cultures, there is just no way that a child would be believed over a male adult. No, um, and also because not only would they not be believed, like if, especially if you're telling your mum or the parent who's not abusing them, then it could be a thing where they feel like embarrassed that maybe I've put my child in that harm's way yeah. and it's a reflection of me. So I'm just going to pretend it's not happening. Yes. It's not happening and it's just, it didn't happen. You Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. Really hear this because on my watch, this thing doesn't happen mm-hmm. and you're on my watch yeah. and it's just not happening. Yeah. It's just really sad. Awful. I mean, generally, if, if a child, I mean, especially if a child, you've got to believe children, mm-hmm. what, you know, but you also generally have to believe victims. Mm. usually if a victim or if a person says this has happened to me it probably has happened mm. whereas our society is is swung to to go mm, I don't think it did let's believe the other person let's believe the perpetrator mm. over you because we can't cope with this we can't cope with what might have happened to you so yeah. let's just believe it didn't yeah. happen yeah okay so one um we're going to delve into my dms further I have one more question mm-hmm. for later um so I got this one and it says, hey, I'm having major issues with my sex drive. One day I want it all the time and I'm literally begging my partner for sex. And other times I'm just not into it to the point that I'm irritable if he even tries to touch me. I can't seem to control or understand it. It's totally and utterly normal. Mm. You know, we are, especially as women, we've got fucking hormones flooding through us mm. and, and changing how we feel from one minute to the next. You know, that the... the, the the hormones that we have that allow us to create human beings mm. are very powerful hormones. Mm. So, you know, one minute you might absolutely be incredibly emotional, the next minute you're ecstatic. Mm, one minute you're really hungry, the next minute you totally don't want to eat for a mm. few... You know, we cannot underestimate the 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 hormones that go for us and how they affect our behaviour, you know. So mm. we change throughout the month. Yeah. So when you've got PMT or, you know, you're, you're close. Or it could be medication that you're on. Could be medication. Could, it could, it could be such a wide range of different things. But, you know, how you are when you're ovulating, and you mm. might not even realise that you're ovulating. That's true, yeah. Um, I is, get very clumsy around that, around the time, my period time. I get very clumsy. Yeah. I don't know why I just can't seem to walk into a door <laughs> without 
hitting my tit on my arm yeah, which yeah. is what, or a table and that's quite common mm. so it could be hormonal factors and, and like I say never underestimate w- what we're dealing with as women on a, a weekly monthly basis um, but as you say it could be medication it could be what other stresses that are going on environmental factors mm. or it, is some shit gone down at work if you've had a really horrible stressful day you might not be horny yeah. um, and it's okay not to be horny you don't have to, you be, don't have to be performing every single day yeah. but if you do feel like it's an issue where you really think I can't control it, see a doctor. Yeah, I, I mean, so. and that is always the the answer, isn't it? Is that mm-hmm. seek professional help if you think that this is a problem, but also realise that not everybody is walking around sexually available and open and horny time. every yeah. day. <laughs> it's just it's, 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 just it's not, not realistic. No, it's not true. Well, thank you so much for coming. No I'm problem. So you to have to come on mine. Hopefully one day. Yeah. I will. <laughs> By the end of the year, I will definitely. And um, where can we find you? So you can find me on Instagram at, on Instagram, I've, I've changed it. So yeah. I don't know why I did this, but I made it la la, let me explain. Mm-hmm. So try la la, let me explain. I but I think la, I'm going to, yeah, yeah, I'm going to change it back at some point. Okay. But it's complicated when I change it back. I've got to change it on the blog and all the other yeah. places. So um, and the blog is www.lalalaletmeexplain.com. And the podcast is, if you go to iTunes podcast and just Google, uh, search La 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 Let Me Explain and SoundCloud okay. forward slash Layla hyphen explain. And I will put all of the details in everything so you can easily find her. Um, is there anything else that you want to say? Or No, I think you're brilliant. I, th- I think you're you absolutely fantastic. You. Your I mission is too. wonderful and I think we need to get more women Listen, having a better time. I just want women to have better orgasms. I think we deserve it. We it's do. a long time coming. <laughs> I look at my mum's generation and I don't think my mum had the best sex life. Yeah. And I think that's really sad because yeah. she's now in her 70s. And by golly gosh, I'm not going to get to 70 and not be having great sex. <laughs> I will fuck him until they will my partner. In away. the care, in the care home. Yeah. yeah. Until, no, if my hands are crooked, you better get me like a something to do. Walking stick. Walking, <laughs> a vibrating walking stick and then with some lube. Yes, that'll work. <laughs>